Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to this LinkedIn Live and to this episode of the Mindful Marketing Podcast. So today I've got Jonathan Reynolds here with me. And Jonathan is the founder of Mindful Life, Mindful Work. And I'm excited to have this conversation with him to talk about LinkedIn, because this is actually where I first came across Jonathan, as, as many of the people that that I'm now connected to. And I've been seeing his posts a lot and he's been adding so much value and couldn't help but notice that his Mindful Life, Mindful Work page has, I believe it was over 50,000 followers when I first looked at it, but it probably has a lot more now. And so Jonathan and I will be hosting the Marketing Mindful Services Summit in a couple of weeks on September 22nd. So we'll be sharing more ideas for how uh, people in the mindfulness industry, mindfulness teachers can grow their following, grow their reach and actually market their services to more people. But in today's chat, we just wanted to focus specifically on one aspect of marketing, which is LinkedIn, because I thought Jonathan would be a great person to talk about that because he's done such a good job of growing it. So welcome, Jonathan. So glad Thanks to so have you. Thanks so much for having me, Simona. It's so great to be here. And as Simona said, I'm the CEO of Mindful Life, Mindful Work. And traditionally, we've offered B2B services like coaching, consulting, assessments, and trainings. We're now sort of experimenting with B2C community network called the Mindful Professionals Network. And as Simone also said, we're we're doing a summit together on Friday, the 22nd of September this year. So so just great to be here. Great to talk about LinkedIn. LinkedIn has been very important in my own company's growth and my own personal and professional growth. And yeah, happy to share and explore what might be useful to your listeners. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah. So first of all, how did you even, I'm curious, how did you even decide to use LinkedIn out of all the networks out there, you know, back when you started your business? And I assume at that point you were trying to reach out to companies to bring mindfulness to companies. Well, initially, I I think I recognized LinkedIn at its foundation, at least the way that I was using it was a branding opportunity. I wanted to enter more strongly the space of mindful and mindfulness and mindful approaches. And so I had a personal history with those things. But when I started my business, I needed to really brand and establish a sense of thought leadership or being someone who people might want to listen to in the space. And so, you know, I looked at all the social media and I looked at, well, what are sort of the functions and what are the communities and the demographics? And I wasn't really interested in sharing a lot about my personal life, which I sort of see Facebook as being a great avenue to do that. People are either marketing, quote unquote, their personal life or their professional life or some combination. And so for me, it was really a deliberate decision around wanting to market my professional self. So LinkedIn just seemed like the obvious and right choice. I mean, I know there's more options these days, but I still think that it's it's the place. It's really been foundational to my growth. And so the other piece that I think is really important to mention is I was looking to establish remote opportunities and distance delivery. And, and so I wanted to meet people in the distance space. And the, the social media is a great place to do that. And I think, yes, LinkedIn is a professional site, but at its core, it's still a social media site. And I think that's important to keep in mind. 
Thank you, Jonathan. There was so many great nuggets there. I think, first of all, the idea of building thought leadership and brand awareness, you know, when it comes to marketing, this is something that I find that a lot of maybe newer business owners or people who don't really have like a business or marketing background aren't really aware of the importance of that because they oftentimes see that they could create something online you know, because now it's so easy to create a product or have a coaching service or something. And, and then they think, okay, now all of a sudden people are going to start signing up for it. But that brand awareness and that thought leadership is so important because that really builds that authority, that trust so that people start seeing your name and they associate it with something that you talk about. And then they're much more likely to actually not only follow you, but actually engage with you to talk to you and to, to see that you're in it for the long term, that you're consistently showing up. And I also love that you mentioned the idea of being deliberate about it and, and deciding whether you wanted to go the personal branding or the professional branding route, because this is also something I see often is people think sometimes that they have to show up as both or that they have to only focus on their personal life, you know, that they have to show everyone what they had for breakfast, but it's really a matter of choice, right? So mm. LinkedIn is definitely the platform for people who want to focus more on showing up from the professional side of things. That doesn't mean you can't bring in the personal stuff as well every now and then, but it's, it just goes to show that we have choice and that it also depends on the audience that we want to reach, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think those are all really important points. I mean, I really started my effort around 2011 and started by writing articles and started by connecting with people in groups and groups were much more sort of engaging, I would say, in the sense that there were a lot more dialogues and conversations happening in groups around 2011 until about 2015 or so. And, uh, and so, yeah, establishing that brand is really essential. And I think consistency and integrity and sort of knowing what you stand for and recognizing that every point of contact is an opportunity to display that. Around the personal and professional piece, I like to make, an, I think, an important distinction around personal and personable. And personal might be sharing what you had for breakfast. Personable mm -hmm. means you need to show up as a human. So even if you're mm -hmm. connecting around professional things, it shouldn't feel rigid or constrained. That's sort of an old model of, you know, business is tight. And so I think it's really important, even though you're talking about business and either selling or buying or connecting or networking, that you still show up as your full self. That doesn't mean you have to share personal details, but you do have to share the qualities of who you are as a person and be in that mode. Otherwise, people, people can respond to sort of robot energy anywhere. They can get that without ever even meeting you. And so, yeah, I think it's I think it's really important to show up alive in your full self and in the way that you show up in other areas. Of course, we have roles and we have to shift gears a little bit. But if we're shifting huge gears, that just comes off as ingenuine. And it's really taxing on our nervous system to have to pretend to be somebody different than who we really are in different contexts. So show up as your true self. Speak from your deepest truth. Not everybody's going to love it. And, uh, and those that do love it, though, are going to really connect with you. Wow, I love that. Yeah. And that's, that's also a big lesson in mindfulness and in kind of the personal growth side of things. And even as we're using social media or as we're doing marketing to show up as ourselves. And I love that you mentioned 
that it's so important to do that also because it is taxing on your nervous system that like being your authentic self is a way to show up in full presence and it helps people the most because then they really get a feel for your energy they resonate with you and the ones who resonate with you are then the ones that are going to get the most value out of what you share and also acknowledging that there will be people who don't resonate with you and that's okay and again this is another thing that's really important in marketing is to be able to hold the space to create polarity sometimes that by establishing your view your opinion and showing up as someone that might have perspectives that differ from the crowd it might alienate some people but to be able to see that mindfully and to not be afraid to still express yourself think that's really important and that's what ultimately cultivates those relationships whether it's on LinkedIn or anywhere else because then the people who agree with you will probably contact you they'll start conversations with you and then that's how relationships grow is that what you found is that like when you expressed opinions or perspectives that are different that people that that's those are the posts or articles that got the most engagement or uh, messages or outreach? Well, I think anytime you take a stand, it's engaging. People mm -hmm. want to dialogue and debate and brush up against challenges and support. You know, people that really want to grow are looking for those things. And so, you know, that's the other thing. I think you put your beacon out there. And, and by that, I mean, for me, it has to be a practice. Everything has to be a practice. And for me, a practice is something that's sustainable that I can do. So in 2011, when I began, I didn't say, oh, I need to post an article every day or something that would have burned me out. I just said, well, what's my overarching intention? What do I stand for? What do I care about? What do I want to convey? And then let's see how the rollout happens. And is, so not only was the engagement with others organic, sort of my relationship to myself was organic in a way that I didn't force myself, it grew naturally. And as my capacity and relationship to the platform grew, then, then it unfolded in a way that was sustainable and felt good and not stressful. Not like, oh, I got to do this thing that I don't want to do. No, I'm going to do only what I want to do to the degree I want to do it. And if that ripens over time, it will ripen. And it did. The piece that you said around sort of engaging with specific people, that was the other thing is, is I felt like, you know, we all heard, oh, relationships are everything or relationships are the whole driver of business. Very few people actually take that piece of information and make it anything but sort of a cognitive agreeing thing that they have. I said, well, if that's true, let's put it to the test. And so over the last 15 years, I've probably had 6,000 one-on-one phone calls, half hour phone calls, seven to eight, eight a week on average. That's tapered a little bit now as I sort of get into like year 15 here. But I said, well, if that's the driver, I should be talking to as many people as possible. So I was having all of these calls and uh, many of them led to nothing. But every one of them was a benefit because I learned something and I shared myself and I planted a seed. And some led to customers, some led to partnerships, some led to colleagues. So, and again, many led to nothing tangible. But to recognize that this is a practice, this is you're running a marathon, not a sprint. If you need clients at the end of this week, you're in a panic, of course. But if you plant seeds along the way, if you send one message a day at the end of a year, you've sent 365 messages.
you and if you don't do that one message a day at the end of the year you've sent zero and so do the math over 15 years i've cultivated a garden that when i need some some plants been cultivating the garden and so i think a lot of people get to these emergency situations and then get reactive where oh i don't have a garden i need some plants well the moment you need them it's too late you got to you got to proactively sort of cultivate the professional community and relationship and the place you want to be and i wanted to be useful in the mindfulness and mindful space and so i just started nurturing that garden and it didn't happen overnight it took some time and there was a critical mass you know i remember when i like 2000 followers i was so excited i couldn't believe that i had hit 2000 followers and i think now my personal has like 22000 and the company page linkedin keeps adjusting how they count so Sometimes it drops by 3,000, like it dropped 3,000 in the last couple of days who's following the company page because I think their new sort of tech isn't updated yet, but we're almost at 64,000 now. And, uh, and so, but there was a critical mass, you know, definitely between the two and 7,000, all of a sudden people just started to like follow and at our peak, and we're not at our peak now, we had as many as over a hundred people a day following the company page, just sort of by osmosis. You know, we got lucky, I think, in the algorithm eventually said, hey, there's there's a liveliness here and there's an engagement. I think that also happened maybe just pre-COVID. And in a, again, I don't know that much about the algorithm, but, you know, you do things for the right reason and eventually the world recognizes it. It can be painfully slow sometimes, but in order to sleep at night and to feel good about what you're putting out there, I think it, it needs to be a practice. Wow, I love that. And how that connects to mindfulness, right? Like mindfulness is a practice and there's going to be days when when it doesn't feel easy or when it's, you know, when it feels hard to build it into our day. But the more we do it, the more we can plant seeds that then when something happens in our lives where we really need that awareness, it's going to pay off. And it's the same idea. It's like, the more you can consistently do something and know that sticking with it is ultimately going to help you in the long run, the better the benefits will be. And knowing that doing it despite any potential discomfort, because I'm sure there were when you just didn't feel like having calls or when you didn't feel like sending a lot of messages, doing that even despite that is what cultivates strength of character and it really is that consistency that shows people that you are that you're in it for the long term that you're in it to bring value you know showing up on those groups commenting talking to people it shows them you're serious and that level of commitment generates that trust and that is such a beautiful way to show up in the world that's that's embodying these principles that's really you know walking the talk and of that connection between the two that it, it's both a personal growth tool and a professional growth tool like professionally you're growing because you're doing these things but personally you're also growing because you're doing these things even if there might be times when it feels hard so i don't know if that's the case for you if there was ever a time you know when you were like oh i really don't feel like sending messages today or doing outreach or following people well, and again, I think seeing a long game. And so, you know, if you have a really busy week and have a hard week, like it's okay. If you have a, a general practice, once you have a general practice, then taking breaks is okay. 
if you're always taking breaks and never want to do it, well, then you need a little oomph, right? And so it's like where to balance the self-compassion around giving yourself breaks and sort of the commitment and the resolve. You know, for instance, in like therapeutic conversations, there's the hold and the poke. You know, the hold is the nurturing and the support. And sometimes you just have to feel like you're in a nest because you need the rest. And sometimes you need a little poke because you're being a little lazy. And so like each one of us can only decide for ourselves when we need the hold or the poke. And, and, and again, that, that is itself a self-awareness practice, of course. And it shows up in everything. And as the, we talked a little pre-call around the platform evolving, the platform changes. So this self-awareness also allows us to be adaptable and malleable and to respond to changing conditions. These new newsletters that have come out where, you know, somebody follows you or connects with you on LinkedIn and they automatically get an invitation to subscribe to your newsletter. That's a huge, new, powerful tool that didn't exist at least five years ago. I don't think it existed. And Mindful Life, Mindful Works grown its newsletter to like 25,000 followers on LinkedIn. Growing a MailChimp newsletter, and I use MailChimp too, but growing a 25,000 people MailChimp newsletter could take five or 10 years for a lot of people. And so this can just happen really quickly if you already have some traction on LinkedIn. So there's things like that. And just, you know, you don't have to stay totally cutting edge right on top of things, but you got to be updated just like the tech gets updated and stay fresh. Things come like ProFinder came five years ago and was this big wave for consultants to find work. It's tapered. It's, it's actually coming back a tiny bit in the last couple of months, but, but like things like that and sort of being aware of what can I rely on for my lead gen and all these sorts of things. So I think that's a great point to, to remember, you know, that it's important to, to do what works and to also keep an eye at the same time on new trends that might work even better and to know what isn't working anymore. So like, um, like these new newsletters, you know, it's when you can take advantage of something that comes out and be one of the first ones to adapt it, generally that's how, or at least I know that the algorithm looks at that, right? So when LinkedIn sees that you're taking advantage of something they just released, they like it. And so then they're gonna promote your posts or newsletters more than, than the people who adapt that later. Or like now I know there's these pieces that if you have, the creator mode turned on, it allows you to contribute to articles within a certain industry. And so then when people read articles within that industry, they see your name. So it just increases brand awareness. But again, it's that idea of like, I think LinkedIn and other social media notice when people adapt these new tools because they want people to use these tools. So like newsletters, can you share specifically how you come up with ideas for what to post about in articles and newsletters, like how other people listening to this might figure out what to share with their audience for it to be most effective and how often? Sure. I, uh, yeah, right now we're doing two newsletters. One that I write from sort of my own perspective called, I think it's called Mindful Mastermind. And, uh, and then one from the company's perspective, which is B2B Mindful Services. And you know, ultimately, I look at the identity in, in respect to myself. I look at my own identity and, or the company identity, but depending on what role I'm speaking from. And, and I think about what's important in that identity. What qualities 
but also a main driver, again, back to relationships. The goal is, is to be in front of as many folks as possible, but what does it mean to be in front of them? Does it mean to just have your picture or your image or a pithy paragraph or whatever in front of them? For me to be in front of someone is this, is real time. Even if I'm not in the same physical space as them and on technology, to be in front of them is to be in front of them. And so that was the other thing, and this sort of references our upcoming event, but also references events in general, is the best learning happens in dialogue, at least in my experience, and in communication, either communication with ourselves via some sort of mindfulness practice like meditation or some other body discipline, or in real time. And so at, at a certain point, I said, like when groups shifted from dialogue and to more just people posting their services and articles and stuff. Well, we created a, a group that had the words networking events in it because bringing people together was the piece. And so the same, again, it's all about relationships. So even when I'm writing, maybe it's through the lens of how to position brand, or maybe it's about how to build relationships, or maybe it's about how to approach companies as far as building those relationships. But it's always about human to human. And when you do that, then it's, you know, that's the driver of all of it. It's still the driver of all of it. It's, it's how do I engage authentically? And it's a little bit of a utilitarian game where you want to engage with as many people as possible, but not in this sort of like, you know, hamster wheel sort of feel or conveyor belt sort of feel. You want to really be like, you want to feel special in connection to them, like they're really listening to you and vice versa. And so doing that in a way that, uh, that is satisfying, that is satisfying on a human level, because if it's satisfying on a human level, some will result in paydays and some will result in not paydays. But if it's satisfying on a human level, it's satisfying for real. And so that's sort of the driver of content, but that's also the driver of decision-making what events or how to invite people in where to grow. I mean, as you know, we've discussed sort of how to attract people to a LinkedIn events page and, and people are more attracted when they've had some point of personal contact with you, even if it's just a 30 minute call where you've looked into each other's eyes and shared what you care about. And so that's, you know, that's the foundation in the garden again, because then the rest is just good fallout. The rest is sort of natural fallout even over time. If you haven't planted a seed, I think it maybe Thoreau said this. He said, if you've planted a seed there, expect wonderful things. But if you haven't planted a seed there, I expect nothing to come out of the ground. <laughs> and so if you haven't been planting good seeds, don't be surprised when good things don't grow. You've got to plant good seeds if you want good things to have a chance of growing. There's no guarantee they'll grow, but there's a better chance for sure. Mm, wow. Lots of great stuff there. I think just the the general idea of adding value through whatever you share, you know, through whether it's the posts or doing events and the networking, like when you saw that as humans, we, we naturally recognize that we want to engage in dialogue. And also for me, I agree on the same. That's how I learn. And that's how I also love to share things because I think that's, uh, that's a great way to learn. Then when you facilitate that when you facilitate a network and what you did you know with the mindful professionals network you're opening up a space where people can have dialogues where people can have conversations from one another and that in itself is so valuable because without that without that container without that space 
people are still kind of in their own bubbles and especially during the COVID times, right? When people couldn't go to networking events, chamber of commerce events and, and bump elbows there. So by you showing up and being the one who reaches out, it, it's really, you're putting yourself in this leadership position. You know, you're making it easier for people to, to meet someone. They don't have to be the one to reach out to you or, or to try to figure out how to meet people. You're there, you reach out to them and that is a beautiful gift right there. It's recognizing their presence, recognizing who they are and then creating networks and events where people can come and learn. It makes life easier for them because then they have a space that they can come to without having to Google things, you know, or without having to scroll through LinkedIn to find, okay, who can help me with this information. But by establishing yourself within a certain leash, like you have with mindfulness, then people know, okay, if I want to learn something about mindfulness, whether it's mindfulness for companies, organizations, or one-on-one, Jonathan talks about this topic a lot. So make sure you're up with that value and you're planting those seeds. And I think by having those one-on-one conversations, that is another really important takeaway because it's easy to engage with people, to add them, you know, to follow more people and then to connect with them. But that's very kind of superficial level connection. And unless you start commenting on their things or messaging them, or then having that one-on-one call, they're they're just going to see you as another number or as another name on LinkedIn sometimes. So I think that's a, a great idea for, for people to do that more consistently if they want to grow and they're not doing it already. So I'm wondering, is there like a specific, and I know, you know, this is a case by case basis. It depends on how much people want to grow their network and how much um, seeds or how many, how many connections they want to create and how much they want their business to grow, but is there a number of connection requests per, like the ratio of how many connection requests you send out versus how many discovery calls you book with people and something to aim for as you're trying to grow LinkedIn? I'll answer that in just a a minute, but first I I just want to tag something that came up when you were talking before, and that is content is essential, but it is not king. King is presence and awareness. And because when you show up, and it's not just in real-time awareness, it's in how you write. If you're going to write a sentence or a paragraph, it has to feel like you cared about it. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay. But be curious about that. Be curious about whether it expresses warmth and kindness and, and not necessarily even in words, but in the quality, in the spaces between the letters. People have to feel that. If they feel that, then they know that you're serious about what you're saying. And, and so that's, that's really important. As far as, as far as the outreach is, there was a time when, you know, it wasn't really a deliberate decision. I just knew that if I felt alignment, I would suggest a call with somebody. And you know, I'm, I'm doing much less of that these days just because my schedule has gotten more busy. Um, but again, when you go to somebody's profile, sometimes I'll request a call from somebody and they'll say, why are you requesting a call? We have, you know, there's, there's nothing here. Like, uh, why? And my stock response is, is I'm always on the lookout for folks that are doing interesting work or what appears to be interesting work at the intersection of self-awareness 
and team or performance of some kind. And that's sort of the moniker of mindful life, mindful work, but it's true. I'm looking for quality. I'm looking for like, oh, this is interesting enough that I'm going to suggest a call. And again, that doesn't come through in the content. The content might help tip me over the edge in certain instances, but I'm looking for care on a profile. I'm looking for care in a way that somebody presents themselves professionally. That's what I expect from myself, and that's what I'm looking for from others. It's why you and I connected. It's, it's the reason I've connected with everyone that I've connected with. And, and am I always right? No, but I'm, I have a pretty good, pretty good radar for it. And so you know, I would say a good 70% or you know, maybe 80% of the calls are just like calls to die for and to dream of. Like they're just beautiful people doing beautiful work. Um, and so plant those seeds. You know, you can't say on LinkedIn, oh, I'm great, because then that seems like ego, right? Show people you're great in the way that you convey what you're conveying. Say it without saying it. And, uh, and I think that has been sort of a personal mission of mine, as I knew I had a gift that, you know, in 2005, for instance, I mean, I started practicing mindfulness in the 90s. I knew I had a gift that didn't feel recognized by the world. I, I recognized it. I cared about it. And yet the world wasn't aligning with my perspective. And not that it always aligns and it doesn't always work out, but I started to run the experiment. If I really show through my actions what I know to be true in my heart, will there be a response? Will it be recognized by others? And one of the lucky ones is I think that it has been. Uh, and so that that's my suggestion is is take that inner wisdom and that deepest goodness and put it on paper in everything you do. Be consistent, be stubborn and or committed, and just insist that the best version of yourself is the version that others can have access to and to know over time. And if you're consistent, they will know it over time. Wow, beautiful. That reminds me of a quote that goes, uh, people don't care what you know until they know you care i think mm -hmm. that sums it up it's like showing up in a way that lets people know you care mm -hmm. yeah so true and that's the personable piece right show up as a human make real human connection be friendly be warm but not in some goofy way that undermines the professional value you know sometimes people go, go overboard that direction and then it's like oh well can i trust we can have big dollar conversations if it comes to that well if it's too sort of over the top in that direction then people start to say well i don't know if this is stable and so you got to find that balance between playful human and like some sense of gravitas where people can trust that if this is going to go a business direction and real dollars and real big dollars are going to be involved well that they know that that's sort of a solid place to have these conversations so it's you know, sort of playing that edge, I think is really important. Mm, wonderful. All right, Jonathan. Well, we're going to wrap this up. If there's anyone that has questions out there on LinkedIn Live, let us know. Drop your questions in. Otherwise, is there anything else you want to share specifically about the LinkedIn part before we remind our listeners about the, the summit? Well, I want to remind people that it's a practice and you're running a marathon and do a little bit each day, except for those days that you actually need a break. But otherwise, just do a tiny bit each day. And at the end of the year, you'll have done a lot. 
The other thing is, is consider joining the Mindful Professionals Network. It's a good space where people are having these sorts of conversations in an ongoing way. Great. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, definitely check out the network. I am also part of that, and there's a lot of great people on there. Um, and I believe a lot of them will probably come to the summit as well. So if you are in the mindfulness field in any capacity, if you teach mindfulness, if you're a mindfulness coach, or just interested in bringing mindfulness more into your life or to others, the summit that Jonathan and I will be hosting on September 22nd is called the Marketing Mindful Services Summit. And it's about helping mindful professionals market their services into workplaces. So we're going to have wonderful speakers who have already been very successful in bringing mindfulness into organizations. So they're going to be sharing their best tips and it'll be a full day packed with lots of great insights, value, and opportunities for that genuine connection. Again, because it is a live event, we'll have that space where you can build meaningful relationships that sometimes you just can't do if you're just commenting on someone's post. So highly encourage anyone interested to check that out. I will post a link to it in the comments below this video. Um, so we look forward to having you there. And thank you again, Jonathan. Thank you so much for all the wisdom you've shared here today and look forward to seeing you at the summit. Thanks so much, Simona. Great to see you again.